I'm Howard Hale with the Horseman's Corner, bringing you useful information from people involved with the world of horses. I'll be back with today's guest right after this. With us, Buster McLaurie. He's a Paducah, Texas uh, horseman and clinician. Buster, give me some of your background. How did you get to the point where you were training horses for the public and putting on clinics? Well, I grew up uh, on a ranch. I was born out to four sixties, and, and so I cowboyed for I don't know thirty years probably. And, and I met uh, Ray Hunt back in the mid eighties. Uh, he started coming out to Texas and having to start them colts. And anyway, I got to where I get along with the horse a little better, and, and uh, learned quite a bit about the horse from Ray. And I still uh, I run a couple of ranches for another ten years or so. And I uh, got out to uh, riding horses for the public, day working a little bit. And uh, I never really set out to do any clinics. Uh, just first one person, then another, and got to call in asking for a little help with a horse. And, and then uh, two or three of them ranchers asked me to come and help their cowboys start the coke. So the, the business just kind of came our way. Uh, and that's that's kind of how we got started. So you started out as a cowboy. Well, before before you met Ray Hunts, who were some of the folks that were kind of influential as far as your horsemanship was concerned? Well, my daddy rode really good horses, and, and uh, my granddad Woods was a good horseman. And so, uh, you know, and of course, I grew up around cowboys. There's a, a guy named worked for my daddy named Keith Slower, was really good hand with a horse. And, and, uh, and my daddy was friends with Bust Welch and Matt Lark Rose and some of them guys, so I, I got got to be around them at, at an early age. So, what was different about uh, Ray Hunt? What could what could he do that some of the other folks couldn't, as far as you were concerned? Well, Ray kind of presented things from the from the horse's perspective. Um, uh, I kind of it helped me learn why they did and what they did and how to get along with them a little better. And Ray come along, he got talking about the feet and getting the feet right and getting in time with the feet. I never heard of such thing. I knew he had feet because I'd nailed shoes on, but that's about all I knew about it. But, but he got to explaining, you know, what a horse needs to do with uh, certain feet and his weight and balance to, to get something done. And then uh, how to present your idea to the horse in a manner he could understand. Uh, learned that horses learn really, really quick. Uh, especially if it's if it's presented in a manner they can understand. So that uh, that went to making lots of difference when I saw things from the from the horse's perspective and and trying to win, get with him. You know, we we're trying to get them to go stop, turn around, and back up, but we're not actually trying to teach them that because they can do that the day they're born. Uh, the trick is to get them to do it when and where we ask, and how fast or slow we ask. Yeah, and without uh, and without handicapping them too much, but being on their back. Exactly, that's a, that's a big deal. Just to learn to get out of the way and let something happen, and, and your weight and balance really, really can influence the horse. But there's, I don't know, there's something something special in the horse that God put in there where He really wants to please the human if He can just figure out how what it is He's supposed to do. Well, how okay, how do you go about figuring out that how? How do you figure out what the horse wants and what he needs? That, that, that's the tough part, isn't it? It is. Uh, I heard a, a guy ask Ray Hunt one time uh, when that horse whisperer movie 
come out and he said, what about this horse whispering race? I don't know anything about it. I don't know what a horse whisper is, but he said, I do know the horse is screaming all the time. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Now that's an, <laughs> that's an interesting way of, that's an interesting way of putting it. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. The, the horse tells us, you know, how he feels about things and uh, they have the same emotions we do. They get sure and unsure and sick and well and hot and cold and brave and afraid. So if we just learn to, uh, to read the horse through his body language, you kind of tell us what, what he's all right with or not or where he needs some help and uh, when he understands and when he doesn't. It's, it's pretty obvious once you, once you kind of learn to look. Yeah, and, and of course, with someone like yourself, what you've what? You probably started thousands of horses when it comes right down to it. I really have, yeah. There's, there's been a bunch of them. Yeah, and so uh, uh, what are you still learning, though? Oh, yeah, every day. I mean, I, I, I just I learn more all the time about uh, how little a guy can do and how much he can get done in a few days down the road. Uh, you know, each horse is an individual. We all have a, we have a common goal for all of them, but how you get there has got to be just a little different on each one of them, and that's that's the interesting part. And then, you know, horses that are in trouble and they are afraid for for whatever reason, uh, trying to figure out how to present your idea in a manner they can understand and in a manner that doesn't upset them and help them work through that trouble, and that's that's really really interesting to me and you know that sometimes the horse has to get a little afraid to learn he doesn't need to be afraid and sometimes he has to get in a little trouble to learn how to stay out of trouble that's all part of the all part of the deal you know what how important is the uh, groundwork uh, it, you know sometimes people are are getting wanting to get to maybe riding too fast i don't know but but how important is the groundwork well, it's really important. Uh, how much of it you do would depend on uh, the experience of the rider. You know, a guy that uh, that rides well and has ridden lots of colts, uh, you don't have to do a lot of groundwork. You get on them things, and, and you know, a guy like that can kind of handle whatever comes along. But the less experience a person has riding young horses, I think the more important that groundwork is. And I, not just groundwork but quality groundwork where that actually means something to the horse uh, or you you can teach one a lot of a lot of undesirable stuff on the ground and I, I see that happening all the time people just you know let a horse lean on the end of the halter rope with a bride rein or they're just kind of chasing him around like a dog chasing his tail and it has no no purpose and meaning so if I was going to work one on the ground uh, I'd want that that halter rope hooked to them feet. Say, there's a, there's a line here where I'd like for you to go and a certain speed I'd like for you to go. And all that uh, is presented through feel and there's, there's nobody can describe what a feel feels like. Uh, I always use the analogy. It's like everyone tells the kids, now don't touch the stove, it's hot. But do you know anyone that hadn't touched a hot stove? That's just that's part of learning. So this, this groundwork, good quality groundwork, really adds to the quality of the riding because the horse learns to yield to that halter rope or bridle rein, rope around his neck, whatever you've got on it. I actually taught one to kind of jip around me one time with a rope on his front foot. 
just to kind of see if I could get it done. And sure enough, I, I didn't as much as he did, but but I, I you know on the end of that halter rope, I'd want to be able to speed one up and slow him down and stop him and change directions and keep him on a line, get him up close and further out, just through field, and, and never never have the slack come completely out of that halter rope. Okay, so if if I'm understanding you correctly, good groundwork really leads to a good uh, a good start when you go to ride them, but uh, bad groundwork can cause a lot of trouble, I would think. Well, exactly. I, I'll give you an example. Most people jip their horse around them or lunge them, whatever you want to call it, and but mostly what I see is the horse is going around to the left looking out to the right, and he's going around to the right looking out to the left, and so he's not really with the person. He's just kind of doing a little trick that, that they taught him, and he's he mostly just kind of uh, putting up with them. Uh, so that gets worse all the time because just just say he's going to the left looking right, that means his left jaw is tipped towards the handler and, you know, away from his line of travel. Well, when you get on one and he, you know, you pick up on the left rein and he looks off to the right, uh, that's what they look like just before they buck you off or run off with you. So you just get them. I tell people, get them real good tight on the ground. See how it works for you when you ride them. Do people sometimes uh, foul up with the flag? Oh, yeah. That that flag. Uh, I was visiting Ray one time not, not long before he passed away, and, and we were talking about using the flag, and he said, you know, that flag might be the very worst thing I ever showed people. Some people use it just get them numb as a post and others get them terrified of it and it, it shouldn't be that way but it's, it's a great tool a really really handy tool uh if used properly if used where the horse can understand it you wouldn't have him afraid of it but you would want him to what we would call respect it or yield to it depending on the skill that's offered to the flag of course the person's got to understand that first do you sometimes see people nagging a horse with a flag all the time. And, All the time. And then what's the horse do? Oh, he, you know, basically he's got to learn to, he's got to survive through it. So mostly he just learns to ignore it and get to what's flagged on. Most, most horses are not scared of it after they've been around it 9,000 times. But it, it doesn't mean anything either, really. It's just it's kind of waving it around. I don't know. He just, it's, it's kind of like, it's about the same thing as, as kicking on one, one all the time when you're riding wave a flag at them all the time pretty quick. It, it don't mean nothing. It just puts up with it. Okay, and these clinics that, that uh, you put on, a lot easier to work with the horse than the rider. Is is that Would be would that be a fair statement? Oh, yeah, the, the horse is easy. The people are a little tougher to change. What's the what gets in the people's what what's the big handicap for folks when they're working with the horses? What are some of the things that you see that that they need to change in uh, to get along with that horse better, Buster? They got to change themselves. In what way? Well, they they need to learn to understand the horse and why he's doing what he's doing and how they might present their ideas a little differently. Uh, a lot of people, when they're, when they're not getting along with the horse, they, they take it personal, like the horse is doing something to them. But if you could ask the horse, he says, gee, not me. I just I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And besides that, I was probably scared. 
Buster, we've got to take a break, but let's get that done, and we'll be back with more in a moment. You're listening to the Horseman's Corner. Do you need help with anything website-related? Hale Multimedia has been in the business of helping others for over 20 years. Please give us a call at 940-386-1806 or ding us at 940-224-6315 or visit hailmultimedia.com. Anything website-related, we're here to help you. That's hailmultimedia.com. Welcome back. We're on the last part of today's show. Let's continue with Buster McLaurie. You mentioned something a little bit earlier about these horses being individuals. There's no there's no cookie-cutter approach, is there? Oh, no. No, if, if a person tells you they got a, a method of doing things, so look out. You're going to get a lot of horses in trouble because that method, it fits some horses just right. And some other horses, almost. And some of them, it won't fit at all. Or some parts of it won't fit at all. So when it when it doesn't fit, they're going to make the horse do something anyway. You can get him in lots of trouble. What about... You know, Ray, Ray always said, it, it don't take any kind of good hand to get a horse in trouble. Hell, you might do that. It takes a good hand to keep one out of trouble. Well, yeah, I, I know over the years I've been good at getting them in trouble. Oh man, I can I can write a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, when people are looking? I, I know there's some clinicians out there that oh, you kind of have a bunch of of uh, groupies that follow them and they hang on every word, and that's not necessarily you can you can learn a little something from about everybody, can't you? You bet. You know when I, when I was growing up learning bunch of cows. My daddy always told me, said, son, watch everybody. He said, you, you can learn what not to do, same as what to do. You know, when you were, you spent a lot of years as a, as a cowboy working on, uh, working on the ranches. What have you learned about stockmanship? What did the, what did the horsemanship that, that you picked up, particularly through uh, Ray Hunt, how did that translate into working with the cattle? Was it helpful? Oh yeah, it's uh, you know working with cattle and horses. There's a lot of very similar principles, and uh, I was maybe better handling cattle than I was handling horses. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's 100 percent true, but but I grew up around some really good uh, cowmen that knew how to handle cattle and without getting them upset and stirred up. Now, I've been around quite a bit of that other too, but but uh, yeah, the the principles of handling cattle and horses. Very similar. Uh, you're, you're, they're learning all the time. The cattle are horses. You, uh, I've just been, uh, all since this Chinese virus thing's been going on, I, I haven't done any clinics this spring, so I've, I've been uh, a day working for a couple of big outfits. And, and uh, I've been down to sectors here the last few weeks. And, and uh, Joe Leathers and I, the manager there, were talking about, you know, you, you teach cattle to do things. You, Teach them, you know, stripping them calves off or holding them up, working round up. Those cattle are learning all the time, so it's best to uh, uh, let them learn what you'd like them to learn. You know, one of the interesting things sometimes is is going slow. Does that kind of, and taking your time, does that kind of speed things up sometimes? Uh, yeah, in the long run, uh, slow generally, generally faster. I, I, smooth is fast. I don't care whether you're riding a horse or 
or working cattle or shooting a gun, roping. Anybody that does things smooth in the long run is going to be faster. What advice would uh, uh, would you have for the for the person that's out there looking for oh somebody to learn from? What are some of the things that they ought to they ought to look for in that uh, when they go to a clinic? Experience would be a a huge factor for me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people doing clinics, and, and that's sure all right. But you get to looking at the, the guys that have uh, experience actually making a living with all of us and getting something done with them. Uh, that narrows the field quite a bit. They, there's some really good clinicians out there, you know. There are four or five of them. Well, it, and, and uh, okay, let's, how important is timing? Oh, it's, it's, it's right there at the top, you know. If you're, if you're out of time with one, uh, it just, it's hard for it to work out. And sometimes it's impossible for it to work out, whatever it is you're asking me. Okay, let's go back to when uh, when you're, let's say I'm teaching a horse to uh, lead. How should I go about it? What should I be looking for? Uh, you're, you're, you've talked about feel, and that's kind of a nebulous thing. And But but when, what are we talking about? Are we talking about pressure and release? Uh, when you're trying to teach him to lead? Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that lead rope needs to be hooked to them feet, so when they, when the slack comes out of that rope, the feet change, and it needs to be the hindquarters first. Okay, so when I'm taking with when I'm wanting that horse to move forward, I got to be looking and and making sure when I start to see those hindquarters uh, uh, move that that's when I ought to be giving that horse some slack and and giving him some relief. Yes, and if you can't move the hindquarters, uh, put his move right and left. It's not much use trying to take him forward. So that's where all the energy comes from. It's back there. That's where the, the push comes from. So uh, until the hindquarters engage, uh, the front end's not going anywhere. And the only way the hindquarters can engage is for him to understand that that rope's hooked to them feet. That's really a hard, a hard concept for people to get. I think that that the the rope is hooked to those. Sure, you got the lead rope in your hand, but it's hooked to the feet. That's what's that's what controls everything. Exactly. You know, Ray always talked about his bridle being on his horse's feet. He said, look like it's on his head, but that's an optical illusion. It's hooked to them feet. If it ain't, how are you going to get from there where you're going to go? You're not riding his head. You're riding his feet. You know, you mentioned another thing that, that I think is kind of important, uh, and that's the horse's thought. If that horse is wandering uh, when you said you're you're lunging him around you and going to the left, and he's looking to the right. What do you need to do to get that horse's attention back on you, where he's focused on you? How do you, how do you get that horse's thought with you, uh, Buster? It depends on the horse. You no, know, you do what it takes. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of dull. Uh, you might have to get pretty firm. Say, hey, over here we're having class. Where one that just doesn't understand, be a little more patient. Give him a little more time there. Yeah, and that's the tough thing to understand. Which one is just kind of, kind of not paying attention, and whether he's really scared. That can that can be a fine line, can't it? It can. It certainly can. And, and most of them, uh, you know, after people handle them a little bit, they're not paying attention. As Ray used to tell a story about. 
this little boy is in the first grade and well, he didn't know anything about being in class and so the teacher tells him, you know, sit down, we're going to study the alphabet and he don't even know where his seat is so she shows him his seat and she gets busy doing her little deal and the next thing you know he's up looking out the window, out the playground where he'd rather be. And uh, so he gets back in his seat, she gets doing her deal again, she's not really paying attention where his mind is, next thing you know he's looking out the window again. And so she gets pretty aggravated about the third day, and she said, hey, I said, sit down in your seat, we're going to study the alphabet. And he looks back over his shoulder, and he said, you leave me the hell alone, I'm looking out this window. Yeah. That's what she taught him to do. <laughs> that, and that's what we teach our horses to do a lot of the time, isn't it, look out the window? Yeah, yeah all the time. You know, they're looking out the window, and you're not even aware of it. Well, how, how are you going to teach him something? He's busy thinking about something else, and he's not wrong in doing that. You know, a horse has his own thoughts and ideas. And so just being a horse, he's not doing anything wrong. Hey, what about your what about your family? Are they involved with the uh, with the horses as well? Oh yeah. My you know, my wife and I do these clinics and uh our oldest daughter rides horses for a living and and uh, does a little show in the next stock horse, main cow horse deal and get along pretty good. Um uh, both both our girls were, you know, raised on a ranch, so they both ride well. Know about working cattle. Uh, our youngest daughter's uh, got a family, lives down in Midland, Texas. But, uh, yeah, they, they grew up around horses, grew up horseback. Buster, what have you ever done any showing? Oh, very little. Uh, when that, I showed a little in 4-H, I guess, when I was a kid. And then uh, when this... Ranch Horse Association of America got started. I, I showed in it some and, and got along pretty good. And, and I got busy doing these clinics and what have you. And I, I was gone all over the country all the time, so I really didn't have time. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't around when they were doing the show. So um, I've had pretty limited experience showing. You know, one thing I should ask, and sometimes I'm... Uh, uh, what what would you like, what information would you like to get out to the horse owners the, that are going to be listening to this that I haven't been bright enough to ask you about? Oh, uh, I would encourage them to, to uh, find a good mentor, uh, someone that really understands and knows about horses and, and go and get some help. Uh, it, it speeds the process up quite a bit, you know, you can, you can thumb around, make a lot of mistakes, and get something done. But uh, if you've got uh, if you've got a good mentor or a good hero, someone you look up to that's that is uh, capable, then that uh, boy you can you can learn a lot in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, there's there's no way to teach experience, but uh, something like that can help you head off a lot of mistakes and, and maybe uh, present some new ideas for you to think about how you might get along with them. The horse is better, and like I say, there's there, there's some good clinicians out there, a handful of them. So be be careful who your hero is. Uh, seems like, uh, in my experience, that the less a person knows about a horse, the bigger line of BS they got. Buster, that is a good way to close this out because that makes a lot of sense. Buster, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to me. Well, a couple of good horsemen that we had with us today. Good to have them on the program, and good to have you folks with us listening as well. It is time to close it out. I'm Howard Hale, host of the show. I'll say goodbye. May God bless. See you next week, same time, same place.